1: Welcome to My Vagina. This is Jesse Karen and this is Rebecca Frank, and here we are again having our current. You tried to steal my. I almost did. (laughs) It's because I know it by heart. (laughs) I know. I love that it took me like six months to learn it, (laughs) and here we are again having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms.
2: All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, fools. It's definitely researched.
1: I have a really fun update to an earlier episode. Which episode was it that I talked about my vibrator? Mm, mm. The masturbation episode?
2: It was the masturbation episode.
1: Okay. So you all might remember from our masturbation episode, which will be linked in the show notes, that um, I was gifted a vibrator by my sister-in-law, Claire. <laughs> Hi, Claire. Hi, Claire. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I, I went abroad, I think, and I didn't want to take it with me because I was afraid of going through all of the plane check things and whatever. And I came back after of setting off the TSA. <laughs> I was so worried, like all of the times that they would have to open my thing and find a vibrator in there and I'd have to explain it anyway. So I came back from my trip and my vibrator was gone. Um, I was an the attic. And so the only person that really goes up there when I'm not around is at that point in time was my mom. So my assumption was that my mom had found it. And gotten rid of it because there was a point in time when my mom, I went away to summer camp and she got rid of my guinea pig. So, you know, it's not like that outlandish. really. I mean, she got rid of like a live heart beating thing. So, yeah, why yeah. not the vibrator? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, to Love be Love you, fair, Mrs. Frank. Yeah. Mom's the best. To be fair, it, I wasn't cleaning the cage up. So she gave it to the preschool and Charlie had a very, very happy life. I just kind of assumed that my mom must have gotten rid of it. So my mom listens to the show and I went home like two weeks ago and she was like, she was like, Rebecca, I have to talk to you about something. And she just looks at me and she goes, I didn't take your vibrator. Like there wasn't even a lead. in. she's like, I don't know what happened to it, but it's technology. I would never take technology.
0: <laughs>
1: so I like how that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like the mystery is still there. I have no idea what happened. Where to my did it vibrator. go? I don't know. Who took the vibrator? Who took my vibrator? Who was it? Own up. Own up to it. Yeah. And I was I was at dinner with your family when
2: your mom was telling that story. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I looked around to see like if I could
1: see anybody's guilty face. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Was it,
2: was it your brother? Was it your
1: dad? Who or, did it? Who did it? Well, Lucy wasn't there. Maybe it was Lucy. Maybe it was Lucy. Or my cousin Rachel stayed in my room for a while. Maybe it was my cousin Rachel. Where did it Where did it go? Where did it go? Room trolls. Yeah, I'm going to start like, I'm going to start like posting missing <laughs> Silver <laughs> Vibrator <laughs> 20 years <laughs> if, ago. <laughs> if seen, please call this number. <laughs> your mama misses you.
0: <laughs> but all I've seen of this old world is a bed and a doctor bill. I'm tearing
2: down your brooder house cause now I'm
1: This week, we're going to answer a lot of your questions about birth control, history of, status of, and then we're going to talk about crazy animal sex stuff like bees, babies, babies.
2: The reason we have sex and also the least common reason why we have sex. I didn't realize that contraception literally means fertilization. I also did oh, I'm sorry, not realize sorry. that. Contraception literally means against fertilization. Okay, because I
1: was like, why? My that bad. doesn't make any sense nope. at all.
2: Yeah, so in 1997, researchers gave a group of folks a list of eight reasons um, that they might want to have sex and, have them, and they had them rank them from one to eight and to have a baby ranked eighth out of eight reasons. Wow. Because
1: obviously sex feels good.
2: We're not yeah. just here to reproduce.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure like depending on like some people would say I have sex to have a baby, but that's people who are specifically just right then trying to have a baby, but yeah. they I still also have it for pleasure. And they're like, if a baby comes also awesome. cool. Yeah. But that's why birth control was invented. So we're going
2: to start out with some antiquated methods that are not based on any real understanding of how lady parts worked. Used to prevent babies. (laughs) Hashtag, this is not science. (laughs) So throughout history, our ancient friends from all over the world had a lot of desperate theories on how to have sex without getting knocked up. And they are all real weird. (laughs) All right. Lay it on me. Okay, So in ancient China, women drank a birth control cocktail of mercury and lead, which is highly effective because it's more difficult to get pregnant when you're dead. I was about to say, isn't that why we're not supposed to eat a lot of tuna? In medieval Europe, magicians recommended that women who do not want to get pregnant, wait for it, <laughs> strap a weasel testicle around their thighs. Like a weasel testicle. Like a ferret? Belt.
1: Yeah. Ew. I guess like, so, right? They're I, weasels? So do they, do they kill the weasels or do they just remove the testicle and set the weasel free? I'm going to go ahead and say it dead yeah everyone's dying (laughs) i feel
2: like medieval europe wasn't all about like let's save the animal i bet they make a lovely hat though (laughs) yeah that doesn't seem like a catch and release type of situation i assume that that would be highly effective it's essentially abstinence no one wants to fuck a weasel testicle right and if you didn't have any weasel testicles on hand you could make a necklace made of the severed foot of a weasel I just like poor I'm not, I'm sorry. I know you don't like ferrets, but like poor weasels. Like what they ever do to these people. Listen.
1: I don't I don't like ferrets, but I do not I do not condone the <laughs> removal of foot or testicle for birth control reasons. Let them live their lives. Let them keep all of their like pieces to themselves I just far also away from me feel like somebody had a vendetta against weasels and was like hey and like started a rumor I have a theory okay this was the uh, previous incarnation of Rudy Giuliani <laughs> who for our listeners hates fucking hates ferrets so obviously in a past life he created this whole theory about about ferrets and weasels as birth control oh my God that's it I've solved it. <laughs> Rudy.
2: Yeah, he went back in time. Exactly. (laughs) He's a time traveler. And also, when I was reading this, it made me think of you know how that the tradition at weddings is to like, the man pulls off the garter belt? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh my god! And there's like slime and blood.
2: (laughs) Oh, and also and I couldn't find much information about this but I got one sentence about it and it was enough. Apparently the anus of a hare, a rabbit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was a very... Po- a very popular homeopathic remedy for the whole pregnancy
1: thing but what do you do with the anus I don't do you eat the no. anus do you sit on the anus do you put the anus in your underwear I don't know and like anus cocktail and like how much of the anus hair like
2: right so how much of the anus like of the butt yeah like do you just get the circle like is the whole like interior like the whole sock the pink sock make a sausage <laughs> make a little locket <laughs> oh
1: god I actually almost threw up <laughs> it's really it, gross <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> Cool. Going in deep, yeah. Here we go, <laughs> or not? <laughs> yeah, depending. We just don't know how much of the anus. Wh- why are people
2: so obsessed with testicles? In the olden days of Canada, frontiers women swore by
1: a liquor made of beaver testicles soaked in moonshine. What did the beavers do? I bet it has to do with the semen. The ways that that maybe one type of semen would reject another semen. Maybe it's like batteries. You know, you can't put the plus side together. You have to put the plus and the minus side. <laughs>
2: I don't know. So rituals in ancient India that had women fumigating their vaginas with neem wood smoke or inserting oil dipped rock salts into them, which sounds very goop-esque.
1: I was about to say, Gwyneth Paltrow is also a time traveler. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yep. uh, there's evidence of primitive inter- intrauterine devices. Being used over the centuries. Okay. Um, Though I shudder to imagine what those look like. Yeah. What they were made of and how they were inserted. They were like non-hormonal early versions that worked by interfering with ovulation, fertilization, or implantation by causing mild inflammation of Mm -hmm. the endometrium. But also like this was
1: before people started, um, like well before medical professionals maybe existed, but also before they started sterilizing their hands. Yeah. I would just like to put i would like to enter sepsis into the record (laughs) yeah so i guess like
2: over the centuries women have been using organic matter to construct devices called pessaries they're small round vaginal inserts which still exist they're kind of they were kind of primitive diaphragms or Mm -hmm. cervical caps meant to block ejaculate from entering the cervix but if they were like in a range of shapes and sizes like stones metal glass and other substances which sounds fucking awful yeah that doesn't sound great Ancient Egyptians used a mixture of crocodile dung ant paste and honey. Yeah. And by the early 19th century, American men were sporting condoms fashioned from animal intestines. Yeah. So some of the remedies were actually successful enough that they kept ladies using them. Silphium was an ancient plant that seemed to have real contraceptive and and abortifacient properties. 2,600 years ago, the Greek island of Thera was becoming overpopulated and pretty short after that. I don't know how to say this. Cyrenians. They discovered silphium, this weed in the fennel family that was growing in the hillsides around town. It was a great garnish for food, but it was also really good at preventing women from pregnancy and preventing pregnancies from progressing. Okay. Yeah. So, so they drank some tea. Yeah. So the women drank it like once a month or just kind of wedged some wool that had been soaked in the silphium juice up their hoo They were exporting it all over the place and they actually documented the de- decrease in birth rates in ancient Rome, but we'll never know how effective it was because the ancients humped it out of existence.
1: Wow. In just
2: 50 years they aggressively over harvested it.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. God, it did imagine. so well it was
2: on their fucking currency.
1: Wow. Yeah. So like, different relationship with abortion.
2: Totally. And, <laughs> and and like they have like a woman pointing to the Sylphium plant. And and that like one hand is pointing to her genitals and one is pointing at the Sylphium plant.
1: Oh how the times have changed.
2: <laughs> so during some periods in history birth control could make or break economies but in others like right after the black plague finished having its way with Europe in the 14th century and any attempt at any at putting the brakes on population growth was punishable by death that's wild I also love
1: how you said the black plague was finished having its way with Europe which sounds very sexual (laughs) (laughs) well done (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah but I mean that makes sense like populate like population control is a real thing Mm -hmm. how it ebbs and flows yeah Yeah. And like, so this is where the fucking church
2: reared its ugly head and the church got really involved as they are wont to do. do. Yep. And made a huge fuss about wasted semen. It was a sin and an abomination against nature. We've, we've talked about in other episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 1484, Pope Innocent the eighth issued an order commonly referred to as Witch Bull, 1484, in which he recognized the existence of witches, a.k.a. women who knew about birth control Mm -hmm. and other useful things like how to safely deliver a baby. Mm -hmm. Like
1: midwives.
2: You're going to lose your shit over wasted semen because of a decline in humans. And then you're not going to give then you're not going to allow safe deliveries for babies. Right. Like the hypocrisy of like getting rid of midwives. And oh,
1: yeah. I mean, there's, it's all hypocrisy all the time. You yeah. know, it's, it's never like there's never a straight line of logic. But this is where the witch like a lot
2: of the witch hunt really started is he gave his approval to correct imprison, punish and chastise, which is accused of having slain infants yet in the womb and of hindering men from performing the sexual act and women from conceiving. So essentially, Pope made contraception and abortion illegal. Right. And then lots of people died. Yeah. Including midwives and folks who actually knew what they were fucking doing.
1: Yeah. And probably women in childbirth and babies yeah. that are not viable. Or- yeah. And you're so worried about the population. There could have mm-hmm. been a lot of like healthy births.
2: Yeah, the first technological revolution in contraception, contraceptives arrived in colonial America with the invention of vulcanized rubber in 1839, which was also when the vaginal diaphragm came out. And then between the 1840s and 1890s, for the first time, most of the states had either banned contraception or radically limited it.
1: And then it wasn't until... 1965 with the Griswold versus Connecticut decision that it was uh, made legal in the United States for people for married couples to gain access to contraception. Mm -hmm. And then in 1972 with uh, Eisenstadt versus Baird, it established that unmarried people have the same contraceptive rights as married couples and may therefore have sex without the intention of having a child. So it wasn't until 1972 that privacy laws were such that people outside of marriage were able to buy contraception legally in the United States. Right. Here's a really crazy thing that I learned today. In 1942, there was a Skinner v. Oklahoma uh, decision in the Supreme Court, which held that states cannot impose sterilization as a penalty for a crime to weed out unfit individuals from from the gene pool. So like the state was sterilizing people because they thought that they were unfit to continue procreating. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't until 1942 that that became illegal. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. These Supreme Court decisions will blow your mind. So luckily over
2: the last few few hundred years, our knowledge of the human reproductive system has grown sort of not as much as it should have.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But
2: birth control methods are a lot safer than lead poisoning and maybe more reliable than the anus of hair. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but less reliable than ferret
2: testicles. Yes. <laughs> Here are like the the types of of categories. Uh, sterilization. You can take the female fallopian tubes or the male vas deferens, both structures that allow the transport of sex cells to the sperm or the eggs from the place where they are stored to the place where they are where they're fertilized on. And you just snip them, or clamp them, mm-hmm. or block them, mm-hmm. or tie them up. Mm-hmm. Getting your tubes tied. Yeah. Which I also didn't realize that for men. Uh, I think there's a common theme that we always think that it's reversible Mm -hmm. and most of the time it's not.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was reversible. Not
2: according to Planned Parenthood. Intriguing. It can be, but most of the time it's not. So you kind of have to be pretty sure that you don't want to have a baby.
1: Yeah, but if you are pretty sure it is significantly less invasive than a woman having her tubes tied. Yes. Barrier methods. The idea here is to block sperm. Mm -hmm. Build a wall.
2: Build a a wall. (laughs) The only time we will agree to
1: build a wall. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) If you consent to it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it does. Oh, I guess it could use federal funds. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need We're going to use federal funds to build this wall. Yes. So it, you know, it blocks
2: the sperm from getting through to the cervix and to the egg. So condoms and diaphragms, essentially. Mm -hmm. Even though nobody knew about sperm until like the mid 15th century, people have been suspicious about the role semen played in the whole pregnancy situation. When were microscopes invented?
0: Mm.
1: The 1590s. That makes sense. Sperm is so small sperm is so small uh we discover men discovered or invented microscopes so that they could investigate their own semen
2: that 100 makes sense to me yeah okay good i'm glad we got that all figured out <laughs> hormonal methods mm-hmm. in the 1950s some american drug companies started researching a way to make synthetic progesterone a hormone that helps regulate the female menstrual cycle that uh we have margaret sanger to thank for because she started the first Planned Parenthood
1: in 1921. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who saved Bleu, what was his last name? Uh, the G-Spot guy.
0: Oh, from Nazi Germany. Grafenberg. Grafenberg. She Grafenberg. brought Gaffin-
1: Grafenberg from Germany, Germany. because he had, the, he had the first rings. Yeah. Apparently she is a little controversial. <laughs> yeah, there was some fucked up shit going on with Margaret Sanger there for sure. Yeah, little, we'll discuss her at some point. Yeah,
2: by the early 1960s they had developed the first oral contraceptive, far from perfect, but pretty reliable for not having a baby and was Mm -hmm. approved by the FDA, which you said earlier.
1: Yeah. And so there's two different types of, so if we're looking at birth control pills, there are two different types. There's combination pills uh, that have estrogen and progestin, and then there's progestin only pills, and they work differently. Contragestion, which means
2: against gestation. Okay. So I think the most famous one is the IUD. It allows the sperm to fertilize the egg, but prevents the fertilized egg from implanting on the wall of the uterus. Right. And then there's abstinence, Mm -hmm. which... Of course, is the good old fashioned 100% effective, but less fun, way less
1: fun, way less, way fun. less fun and should not be imposed upon people.
2: There should be options for yeah,
1: everyone. 100% options. And
2: you'll hear about that in our episode two weeks from now with Dr. Lori Batito.
1: Yeah, it's really fucking awesome. So according to Planned Parenthood, there are 18 methods of birth control and they are as follows. Birth control implant. IUD birth control shot birth control vaginal ring birth control patch
2: birth control pill the good old-fashioned condom and then the internal condom i honestly didn't even know about female condoms like i know about diaphragms oh yeah so diaphragms birth control sponge there's a cervical cap which is like a bowler hat for your cervix i love that description
1: some spermicide
2: and fertility awareness methods
1: aka the rhythm method Then there are a few choices there. You could do the temperature method, where you take your temperature every morning when you get up. The cervical mucus method, where you check your discharge daily. Or the calendar method, where you chart your cycle on an app or calendar. The withdrawal method. The breastfeeding as birth control method. Outer course and abstinence. Sterilization, a.k.a. getting your tubes tied. Vasectomy. And that's it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that a vasectomy... um, that there's a, an incision method or a non-scalpel method. I had no idea. I didn't know that The either. doctors make one tiny puncture to reach both vas deferens tubes. The skin of your scrotum isn't cut with a scalpel. Wow. And your tubes are tied, cauterized and blocked. But I want to talk about the breastfeeding one because I had no idea that that was an option for, uh, for birth control. Yeah. So when you exclusively breast... Thank you, Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you exclusively breastfeed, meaning you nurse at every at least every four hours during the day and every six hours at night and feed your baby only breast milk, your body naturally stops ovulating. You can't get
1: pregnant if you don't ovulate. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's in order to keep women from being from getting pregnant too often. Mm-hmm. And if we think about you know uh, science and before formula was introduced, this would be a great method of birth control for people uh, mm-hmm. to keep them from having babies all the time. Yeah. Because if you're breastfeeding for a year, You're free, so to speak. You still got (laughs) an infant attached to your tit. But
2: (laughs) there's also I want to talk about the fertility awareness method because I think that's a huge thing is like tracking your ovulation so you can prevent pregnancy is something that I didn't know about for the longest time. And now that, you know, I've been tracking my period for a few years, it's easier Especially in a relationship, I have a tendency to do the pull out method, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is 78% effective and condoms are 85% effective. I feel like there's.
1: Yeah. And that's only a 7% difference and there's a lot more enjoyment.
2: Totally. I mean, that being said, I usually only do it. I want to say there are still STDs. So obviously, Mm -hmm. like that's something I usually do when I'm in a relationship. But yeah, condoms alone are not. They're not overwhelmingly effective. Right. But having fertility awareness, like knowing what days you're ovulating and knowing the specific day that you do around that and when to be careful and when to like when maybe you should wear a condom on Mm -hmm. like day of ovulation to have that extra added bonus of that. What is it? Seven percent.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's seven percent. What app do you use? I use flow. I use clue. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think. I started using an app specifically so I would know when my period was coming so I could be prepared for it. And then as, you know, as you as you inform your app of what's going on with your body, it teaches it tells you so much more. And then if you pay attention to what's going on, it will predict when your ovulation is and stuff like that. And you can you can sync that up with things that you're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, "Oh, I feel like randomly really horny right now. I wonder why." And you can look and be like, "Oh, look, I'm ovulating." Yep. You know, and it's really interesting to to like be more mindful about the way that our bodies work and like what our period is there for. It's not just, it's not only there to be like a blight on our lives. Yeah. As it turns out, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in reading about this, I, uh, was kind of looking into different birth control myths. And one of those myths was that you need to have a fake period. So I specifically remember when Seasonal came out mm-hmm. and you only got your period four times a year. And I was like, that just feels wrong to me because yeah. it feels somehow unnatural. But the thing is, if you're taking the pill, for example, you're getting a fake period. That's not it's just there to mimic your actual period. Yeah. Um, so I learned I went down this crazy rabbit hole and I learned this really, really, really cool thing. OK, so in February of this year, the British National Health Service changed guidelines around birth control pills because most brands of birth control pills tell women that they have to take the hormonal pills for 21 days, and then the placebos for seven days. So for a long time, research, uh, physicians and researchers said that the seven-day break from the pill isn't medically necessary. So this has been understood for a long time, but women kept taking the placebos. Um, so when the dude in charge of the NHS's uh, Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Health was explaining why they changed this decision, he repeated this really common refrain, which is that, Uh, the gynecologist John Rock, who had originally created the placebo pills in order to win over the Pope. He said that John Rock thought that it would that if it did imitate the natural cycle, then the Pope would accept it, which would mean if that were true, that for the past 60 years, women have been taking placebo pills specifically to make it okay with the Catholic Church. Oh, my God. So this is like kind of true and kind of not true. So it's true that they did think about the Catholic Church when they were devising the cycle of birth control. But they also it was also designed by invented by two men um, and they relied really heavily on internalized assumptions about women. So when they did the clinical trials for the pill originally, they mostly used women who were infertile. And so when women took the pill and saw that they were missing their periods, they got really excited because they thought maybe they were pregnant, but they weren't. It was just the birth control. They were playing with their emotions. (gasps) No. Yeah. So John Rock and Gregory Pincus decided that monthly bleeding would help to reassure the women that they were not pregnant.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. Those are
1: the people that uh Margaret Sanger hired too to do the research. There you go. Yeah. But also pharmaceutical companies who expressed that expressed interest in marketing the pill said that they would not do so if the product altered a woman's natural menstrual cycle. Whoa. So doctors were reluctant to prescribe the pill only for the sole purpose of avoiding pregnancy, but we're happy to do it if it helped with irregular or painful periods. So they want, they were fine with it as long as it regulated the cycle, but that it didn't entirely eliminate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so that was cool in not cool, but in
2: 1957 when the FDA approved the pill, but only the the treatment of menstrual disorders,
1: coincidentally, an estimated 500,000 women quickly reported having such disorders. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) There you go. There you go. The thing that I discovered through reading all of this was that none of the methods, the way that they tested the pill would have passed any review boards because of this, because they didn't do enough studies. But also the subjects they used were oftentimes asylum patients and non-white working class women from Puerto Rico. Not shocking that the medical community would do that kind of stuff. Um, So when the pill was released in the 1950s, the church had banned anything that was intrinsically against nature, which meant that losing a period entirely would have caused many women not to take the pill. So women would have potentially been if they lost their period entirely, they would consider that intrinsically against nature and wouldn't take the pill. But because they got their period, women thought that it was still keeping in line with what the church was saying and was and was fine. And so, by having this but kind we're of disgusting
2: fake, for having our periods, interesting, cool, right. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Cool, cool.
1: But by having this fake period, women were able to justify taking the pill while at the same time not feeling like they were going against the church, right? Um, which uh, then allowed women to make their own decisions. So, like right now, we just had this conversation with Dr. Laurie about about like consent, and we've talked a lot about about the the role that women have, the responsibility that we feel that we have in making sure contraception happens mm-hmm. and how frustrating that is. But if we think about when the pill was first invented, it was actually really empowering for women to take the lead and, and for women to gain access to birth control not necessarily with the knowledge of their husbands, they could go out and get it on their own. So they were able to take control of their own reproductive lives mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. Cause it gave fucking autonomy over their own bodies and their health and their sexuality. Exactly. I mean, that's
2: when women started pursuing higher education and careers over marriage
1: and motherhood. I know scary, yeah. right? It's so empowering to think about it at that time, but how, how little our thinking has changed between when birth control became or like mainstream opinion has changed between when birth control hit the market mm-hmm. to now because it's still, women still take the lead on it and there's still not options, as many options for men and we're still responsible for Are it. Are you trying to segue right I'm now? I'm segueing, my Are you friend. Are I just did a little segue. I see
2: what you're doing. I, yeah, girl. I hear what you're putting down. Yeah, about male birth control. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so... We want to talk about the male birth control study mm-hmm. that was killed after men reported side effects back in 2012. That's the first one because mm-hmm. birth control is a huge part of most modern women's lives. So why not? men? Yeah. Why not? Um, Tell me. The World Health Organization commissioned what sounded like a promising trial. It was a two hormone injected design to lower sperm account. It was 96 percent effective in preventing pregnancy. I'm sorry. What was that? 96 percent effective in wow. preventing pregnancy. That's a lot of effectiveness. (laughs) But the stage two trial was stopped. Why, Rebecca? Because men couldn't handle the side effects. (laughs) The most common one was
1: acne. Some developed mood swings. Welcome to the fucking birth control club. I was reading this thing from NPR. Audie Cornish talked to Rob Stein and he when he was reporting on it, he said, and this is a quote, and I don't blame him for this, actually. I think that this was like in context of it, but he said, Quote, but there's a little bit of a different risk-benefit analysis when it comes to men using a contraceptive. When women are using a contraceptive, they're balancing the risks of the drug against the risks of getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And pregnancy itself carries risks. But these are healthy men. They're not going to suffer any risks if they get somebody else pregnant. End quote. I mean, it still, oh, it as always, puts... The responsibility back on us. Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming him yeah. for this statement. This statement makes me mad for a few different reasons. Right. One of them is that these are healthy men. Well, we are healthy women, and the fact that we can get pregnant is not is not a uh, something that makes us unhealthy. That's yeah. part of what we do. And so that the way that that is structured is really problematic. And I think that that's the way that we think about pregnant women as going on disability. Mm-hmm. For example, like it's not a disability, right? And the other thing is. Is like this is also about not thinking about the way that your actions affect those around you. And this is the fucking patriarchy because mm-hmm. like you're not. Are you risking getting pregnant? No, but you're risking getting somebody else pregnant which like which is actually a risk. They can get you for child support. Right. You know well, what I, I mean? also like took that
2: as like a little bit of sympathy in terms of like how women have to carry it all. And like pregnancy is a separate risk upon like men taking birth control like you have risks but women have risks taking birth control and or getting pregnant so we're fucked no matter what yeah
1: we're stuck between a rock that's kind of how i read it yeah yeah and i get that but it's like you know, I think about but this. it should be a risk for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like we didn't get pregnant alone, so we shouldn't have to hold that alone either. Right. Agreed. You know, and so like this is to me, it's like this is the reason why there's no male birth control, because men don't feel responsible for what happens after they pull their dick out. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, this woman, Elizabeth Kiefer. This is something she said, and I thought it was amazing. She goes, I like the idea of a culture in which men can't allege that a woman, quote unquote, trapped them into fatherhood because they, too, had the ability to make an autonomous birth control choice beyond a condom, where men also have to weigh out whether or not the choice of birth control is worth the impact it could have on their physique and whether or not the potential downside might make them a less desirable sexual partner, because a lot of the side effects were something that women have Dealt with for fucking decades. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. She also says, like, I also wonder if the tip of the scale, both literal and otherwise, might be a good reminder for men who have had the luxury of a particular kind of privilege and freedom that women have been pulling this extra weight all along. Mm-hmm. Love that
1: quote. Yeah, Love that quote. That's awesome. So the guy behind this uh, birth control, his name is Dr. Richard Anderson, Um, and he uh, he answered a couple of questions about why this birth control ended um because in the in the reporting of they only did a trial of like 320 men or something like that mm-hmm. and a lot of them you know there was acne there was mood swings there was uh one person that fell into a deep depression and one suicide mm-hmm. those are unfortunate things of course um, but his reply when he was asked about the severity of the mood disorders that the male participants experienced he said The great majority of mood changes were very minor and didn't cause the men to want to leave the trial. In a trial, all side effects are recorded. So you pick up a lot of things that may or may not be important. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying it's a trial. Yeah, it was a trial. And you report everything. And, you know, in a bigger trial, you can see whether this is statistically significant. Mm -hmm. Not to say that it's not significant for the people that experience it. But if you're looking over an entire population, how statistically significant is this? Right. Um, and you have to adjust it's a trial. That's why you have trials so that you can adjust things like
2: that. And if the significant amount was fine that and would use it, then, like, work
1: with that, yeah, yeah. Um, he also another medical student had asked him uh, that had said that the study incited claims on campus about preferential treatment for men in clinical studies. Mm. Uh, and he said, I don't think there is any basis for differential treatment. But yes, the so-called minor side effects of female contraception are very prevalent. And it is unlikely that any male method would be completely side effect free in all men. There is no such thing as a free lunch. And that applies to contraception, too. Yep. He said, I want we want safe and effective contraception for everybody.
2: Yeah. And it should be an option for both. Like that's a, that's something that you speak about with your partner or mm-hmm. like you decide within that relationship. Did do a tweaked version of that past failed attempt. I'm not even going to try to fucking say the name of this potential new <laughs> birth control pill for men, so we'll put it in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's being touted as the best hope for a non-permanent male contraceptive option.
1: I found one about a trial of a male birth control gel that's yeah. underway. Is that what you're talking about? Uh no, they did talk about that after
2: this trial ended that they were going to work with um gels and implants or target how sperm works and make it swim less like a little (laughs) less like michael phelps right and a little bit more like me in the deep end of any pool
1: right like less like 2008 michael phelps and more like if michael phelps were to try and swim in 2020 yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so this his trial is funded by the national institute of child health and human development Um, and the idea is that they're going to, this is actually really fucking cool. They're going to enroll 420 relatively healthy and young couples, and they're going to recruit these couples from, you know, all these different countries from all around the, all around the world. Um, and you know, like they talk about what the, what the gel is going to be made of it's, Mm -hmm. uh, nest nest, uh, nesterone, uh, which is a progestin hormone mixed with, uh, testosterone. But what's so cool about it is that, they're actually going to be speaking to the male and female halves of the relationship to make sure that this gel works for both of them (gasps) to make Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's not just like testing a contraception and contraceptive and seeing like how the, how the woman feels about it. It's saying like, how does your sexual part, how does this impact your partnership? Yeah. Because we're talking about sex being between two people and so is contraception. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really fucking (laughs) It is between two people, quite no, literally. No, I, oh. was, I was laughing because I was thinking back. Um,
2: I don't do well with birth control. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back uh, to our our favorite boyfriend of mine. Yes. Our, our favorite ex-boyfriend of mine. Um, when he, the one thing that he didn't do that was great, but it, I understood it, was that he wanted me to go on birth control and I really mm-hmm. didn't want to. And I protested and I protested and I protested. And he kind of persisted, which was not, I I don't think that's how it should go down, honestly but regardless at some point i was like fine i was like but you'll see mm-hmm. and i went on it and i was miserable i was i just remember like a few weeks in i was like sitting at a table and one of our mutual friends was like, Is she okay? And he was like, I don't know. And he was like, Let me take you home. And I was like in the car and I was like looking out. I was just crying. And he was like, I don't understand what I did. I was like, You didn't do anything. And he was like, Why are you crying? I was like, Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. I was like, And I was, but like, I started like sobbing and just like cried for like hours on end. And then we started screaming at each other in the room. And he just like picked up my birth control and threw it across the room and was like, Fine, you
1: win. And I was like, Thank you. Right? You just need to show him. But that's the thing. So like, This doctor, Christina Wang, said there's something this looking at the way that they take these periodic questionnaires from the couples using this thing, using this birth control. She said, this is something quite different from what we used to do. When you look at the studies of female contraceptives, they never assess the guys. We want to make sure that the couple coming in, the couple that's using this contraceptive is satisfied with using this method.
2: Yeah. And how fucking cool. It's amazing. And
1: unlike most of our past. Yeah. So that's fucking great. I'm really happy. Me too. But also thinking about the fact that we're not actually taught that we should Try a bunch of different types of birth control because, I mean, what what works for one person might not work for another person. There yeah. are a bunch of different options. If a pill doesn't work, try try an IUD. If an IUD doesn't work for you, Mm -hmm. try an injection. I mean, there's so many different options that everybody has. It's not just the pill, even though that's the one that everyone always talks about. Since we were talking about male birth
2: control and how Mm -hmm. they like took a decade to fix it. I want to talk about Enovid, which was the first brand of birth control, which contained more hormones than necessary to prevent pregnancy. It was linked to an increased likelihood of heart attack and stroke. And it took a decade for scientists to recognize those risks. And then they had to reformulate the pill with less hormones that was just as effective but they pushed Enovid through mm-hmm. regardless because like and that's kind of what I, I wanted to like compare that to men in terms of like they were like oh this trial is like hurting these this yeah. amount of people even though most of them are fine but with women it was like cool this is good enough push it through even though it was the side effects were considerable.
1: Right. Because it's also, you know, you think about everything that we've learned about women's pain and how it's disregarded. So women's pain isn't going to register on the scale in the same way as men's pain will in terms right. of like the medical community listening to it. But it's also like women were stuck being in control of this when when the laws around cl- clinical trials were different from how they are today. And so now I'm glad that, that men don't have to endure the kinds of things that we had to before. But it's like, of course. Yeah. You know, it's fucking 2019 and there's still no like temporary and effective contraceptive method for men to use. Uh, But now that they're developing one, it's in a like a like it's like in a nice thing and like one dude getting depressed sets the whole thing off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the thing is like, I don't want them to have to go through it either. Right.
2: The fact that for us it was just, oh, well, the costs of what you're going through is worth it. Right.
1: For us. Like it's not it's not worth our time to to adjust this to make it better for you. Yeah. Because we've achieved the goal and the goal was to make it so you don't get pregnant. Yeah. But meanwhile, all of this was happening when, you know, you couldn't even legally buy birth control pills, Mm -hmm. you know, and then and now we're just moving fucking backwards. Oh, so here's a fun, not so fun fact, but here's a fact. So if we're looking at uh, you can use this or not, but if we're uh, like looking at the way that that the laws worked, right? So 1942, the state finally was not able to impose sterilization. 1965, married couples could buy contraception. 1972, non-married couples could buy Mm -hmm. contraception. 1973 was Roe versus Wade. And then in 1977 was when birth control method, birth control makers were able to sell products to teens. Oh, wow. According to
2: one study cited by Planned Parenthood by 1970, college enrollment was up. 20% 20% among women who had access to the pill by the time they turned 18 compared to women without access and between 1969 and 1980 the dropout rate among women with access to the pill was 35% lower than women without
1: for those of you who don't understand why it's because they weren't having babies. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they weren't weren't any babies. Yeah,
2: and they weren't the sole
1: responsible person for said baby, right? Because if we then kind of double back on that that statement that I read there's not If you, if a woman has a child, I mean, we we look at at like Serena Williams, for example. Serena Williams had a child and every fucking time that she sits down at a media table, people ask her about her kid. No one ever asks a fucking dude about his kid, Mm -hmm. right? Dudes like parade their kids in front of the camera. Just like as almost, I know that they love their kids. I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but they make them into a prop. And it's like nice that you get to bring them up and leave them out when you want to, but women don't get to do that. And that goes with life in general. Like if you have a kid, it's you're the one that is growing that baby that has to give birth that then has to uh, decide to breastfeed or not to recover yourself and to fucking figure out childcare to go back to school yeah. which most people can't do Who? What, there was a mom recently that people were she was like a
2: celebrity and everyone was like oh my god look at that dad taking his kid out and like for the day and they're just like you know and, and they were like fawning over it and she was like why are you fawning over this mm-hmm. he's the dad
1: mm-hmm. I it's do the, the same job.
2: fucking thing yeah. that's also his job we share this job mm-hmm. so like why like this I know that we grow it but like We're not the sole responsibility for and like, why do you get to do these things and we don't? And why are you
1: paraded for it? Right. And like what the dropout rates of men at the same time was. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that most dudes who knocked a woman up did not drop out of college in order to take care of that child. Yeah. When we look at where the responsibility is and like why women feel so responsible to take care of birth control, to go get abortions, to do all of this kind of stuff, it's because it's not just a decision that ends that day. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't have all, we shouldn't have all of the responsibility all the fucking time. It's exhausting. I'm,
2: I'm tired of just talking about,
1: about it. it. Me too. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. Today, cool. 62% of women
2: age 15 to 44 use some kind of birth control, according to the CDC.
1: Four out of five sexually active women have used the pill at some point in their lives. And if it is used perfectly, only nine out of every 100 women will experience an unintended pregnancy. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, contraceptive good. good. (laughs) (laughs) I kinda wanna end it on that. Yeah, this is where our brain's at. Contraceptive good. But the good news is we have literally dozens of medications
2: to help men fuck good. Well, good for them anyway. I mean, there's no pill to teach a dude to cut his fucking nails before he puts it. You know what, that's the subject for another headline. All right, well, uh, we talked about birth control and humans. Yeah, so uh Animal w- sex Why not talk about the animal kingdom and sex Yeah, <laughs> animal sex I'm just
1: going to keep saying it over Weird and over again Weird
2: animal sex <laughs> I'm going to keep dragging it out And Rebecca's just going to keep saying animal sex <laughs> Cool, let's do this You cool. want to go first?
1: Sure uh, If pandas are reluctant to mate Showing them videos of other pandas mating Has proven to help them get in the mood They have porn Panda porn they- <laughs>
2: Alliteration
1: too Wow <laughs> Puts like uh fuzzies into a whole new light. Are they called fuzzies? Furries. Furries. Sorry. Furries. furries. I didn't mean to call you fuzzies. Maybe there's a
2: whole like subset of furries. for like fuzzies of furries?
1: Yeah, like furries. Like different types of
2: hair. Maybe. Let us know.
1: Yeah. Are you a fuzzy? <laughs> or Do a furry. You be?
2: <laughs> uh, female Chinese fruit bats give males blowjobs even while they're penetrating. What? What? Wait, how? Okay. Uh, apparently a random study on fruit bat sex found that females often lick the penises of male fruit bats even during sex itself how do they do that they're so flexible right like fucking acrobats yeah well they do sleep acrobats of- oh, <laughs> holy <Damn>. shit <laughs> uh, apparently researchers believe that it may prolong the sexual encounter
1: did you know that alligators spend every moment of their lives with an erection
2: whoa yeah bummer
1: yeah Yeah. High
2: school must be rough for them. So hard. (laughs) Girl, is it macaque? It's it's M A C A Q U E, which makes me want to say macaque. Girl, girl, macaque. Macaque. (laughs) It's M A C A Q U E. Monkeys. (laughs) Macaque. (laughs) Macaque. Apparently, make males pay for sex with grooming services. Wow. Okay,
1: girls, get it. Sex work, the oldest profession. Yeah. Kangaroos have three vaginas. Talk about a bummer because it means they can be perpetually pregnant.
2: Wait, like with three different other kangaroos babies? Yeah. Wow. I
1: mean, they could have they could have sex with three kangaroos at once, I guess. I don't know how close together these vaginas are. Uh, Sex
2: is pretty much the only thing sloths do quickly.
1: (laughs) Womp (laughs) womp. Flatworms engage in penis fencing when trying to impregnate a potential mate. They basically stab violently at one another with their penises.
2: I just had like a a visual of a musketeer's situation. Right. Like a sexual flatworm porn. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. Girl chickens can eject sperm if they don't like the rooster who mated with them. Wow.
1: Koalas have two penises. Maybe they should go have sex with kangaroos.
2: Oh, my God. True.
1: You know? It only be one empty hole
2: cross species
1: go for it i mean so much cute like look at that guy's nose
2: i don't even know what an argonaut is but apparently male argonauts have detachable penises that can swim solo to a mate that is terrifying like imagine detached penises just like swimming around and like
1: sidelining I, you i kind of like feel that way in life yeah just, that's like, random true. penises coming out just a at bar. Us. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, An Argonaut is a small floating octopus, the female of which has webbed sail-like arms and secretes a thin coiled papery shell in which the eggs are laid. Uh, Male honeybees compete to mate with their queen, but during the explosive ejaculation, his penis rips off and he falls to his death. Wow. I got to tell you what, bees don't have it easy. (laughs) (laughs) Male porcupines prompt females for sex by soaking them in urine from head to toe.
2: So male giraffes check out ladies by drinking their urine to see if they're fertile.
1: Yeah. Female ducks have- Our men do that too. Right. (laughs) Female ducks have corkscrew-shaped vaginas with many false chambers. So if she's raped by an undesirable male, it won't result in pregnancy. Maybe that's where he came up with that idea.
2: Oh, cool. So he's comparing us to ducks.
1: You know what's so wonderful? I can literally just Google legitimate rape and Todd Aiken comes up. Wow. So
2: cool. Snails can impregnate their mates by shooting sperm darts.
1: No. That- sperm darts? Yeah. Wow. That's rough.
2: That is fucked. That is rough, but it sounds hilarious. I don't know. I like the age
1: old uh uh praying mantises. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me Half too. Have sex, tear off the head. Yeah. Bye, dude. Bye boys. Yeah. There goes it's a what you should do to fuck boys anyways, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you for listening to welcome to my vagina
1: it's time for us to slide on out of here god damn it doesn't it sound doesn't right it? when i do it oh, no. <laughs> places you can find us <laughs> on instagram at welcome to my vagina we're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends and uh twitter at welcome to my badge we also have a website WelcomeMyVagina which leads you to my youtube page
2: Also Welcome by Vagina.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things, but we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking for anyone who's not a cisgender man. Yeah. We definitely
2: want you guys to be allies, but right now we're looking for other voices.
1: Yeah. And also we love uh, our white women peers, but we're two white women sitting here, so we'd love more diverse voices.
2: Also, thank you so much to our producer, uh, Caitlin Moldenhauer of More Banana Productions. Please check out all of the work from this all-women network, including World Stealers, There Will Be Porn, I'm Listening with Anita Flores, and Awkward Sex in the City with Natalie Wall, which is coming to you in July. Yeah, More Banana
1: Production is killing it. Yeah, guys, we're kind of taking over the world. And don't forget to review us. And subscribe and tell your friends. Yeah. And okay. we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. <laughs> Merkin merch. Also check
2: out all of Rebecca's writing at franklyrebecca.com. Da da da.
1: Yeah. All right. See you, <laughs> See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.